Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode two of Mind Your Popcorn. I am Ricky Uniac. I'm Chuck Clark. Dan Streetback here. And I think we have a good one here for you guys. Um, a little bit of a rundown of what we're going to be going over today. We have our first ever movie review. We all sat down this past weekend um, and watched Judas and the Black Messiah. So we're going to be going through that, what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, we're going to be talking about the trailer that just dropped this weekend for Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League. We're going to be talking about that for a bit. I believe Dan has another fun trivia game for us. Um, uh, once again, we have no idea what to expect. And then, just like last episode, we're going to end it talking about the latest episode of WandaVision. Kind of revisiting some of our theories from last episode and if see if any of those changed or not. So, gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? A little tired, a little exhausted, but this, this conversation's ready to uh, energize me, ready to get me going. Just got the baby to bed, so I'm as good as I can be. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm going to apologize in advance if you guys hear any dogs barking. That is just my pup, Mally, trying to say what's up. She is very hyper this evening. Um, it could so also be my dog, Reese. You never know when she's going to go crazy. She's got a lot of pups going around, a yeah. lot of barking in the background, quarantine. So just diving right into it, um, do either of you two want to start us off, kind of give what your take on Judas and the Black Messiah? Um, I'll open it up to you guys. Dan, I want to hear your thoughts first. Okay. I, I, I'm not going to go into plot heavy or anything. I'm a general consensus here very good it's very well constructed very well made extremely well acted uh danny kaloon like he stanfield's gonna be a superstar he is fantastic but i thought the editing and the pacing was a little strange to me i, I don't know about you guys and this is where i'll open up to you a little bit too the first half the editing and it, it, it was a little haphazard to me not, not to where I was confused on what was happening, necessarily. I knew that, you know, Lucky Stanfield, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be great with character names for, there were a thousand characters, uh, was getting set up with Jesse Plemons, the FBI agent, to become an informant and work back and forth with him. And then he abandoned the shooting. There was all kinds of stuff not going. And I wasn't, I, not that I didn't know what was happening, but like, where is this going? We are just moving frenetically. And all of a sudden, it's, we jumped into many th more things. That's how I felt a little bit. Just I, I was jumping around moment to moment. Hmm. I didn't necessarily feel that, but okay. uh, uh, for me, the movie to me, it just was all about the performances and there was nothing short in that department. I feel like everyone no. was pretty much bringing everything they had to their roles. Uh, you already mentioned Daniel Kaluuya and uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Um, but I also want to shout out uh, Dominique Fishback. She played uh, Fred Hampton's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Also turned in what I thought was a per terrific performance. So yeah, she was wonderful. She like, felt like full of joy as long as she could be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it was just an amazing, um, an important 
timely message. I think the other thing people think, uh, you know, need to realize is that this was filmed in 2019 and it's coming out now. So, you know, one of the many movies that was delayed because of the pandemic, but it was, it was, it was a timely message. That's for sure. Ricky, what did you think? Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Um, and just in case anyone's been living under a rock, um, you know, the last few months, um, and I got spoiler alert here. Um, basically, this movie covers the story of how the FBI infiltrated the Black Panther Party um, and basically murdered Chairman Fred Hampton. Um, one of the thoughts that I couldn't get out of my head during this entire movie was, how did I not learn about this in school? Like this uh, disappointing, um, but at the same time, also not shocking. Um, But I had no idea any of this happened. I've never heard of Chairman Fred Hampton, admittedly, um, outside of maybe like a reference or two. Um, But overall, like Chuck kind of mentioned, the performances from Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield um, and Dominique Fishback, and I'm going to throw um, Jesse Plemons in there as well, were incredible. Um, very excited to see if this movie does any sort of like Oscar contention. I don't know how they're doing the Oscars this year. And I don't know what like the eligibility like range is going to be. Like when does this movie have to be like released by? I think this, um, will, be, this will be next year, I, I, I think. Well, I thought I saw something that they're taking any releases through this month. For the Oscars in April, because it got pushed back to April. Through February? Wow. Yeah, I want to say I saw that. I'm not 100% sure. Um, and if that's the case, Daniel Kaluuya's got to be up for Best Supporting yes. Actor. Because technically, he's not the main here, even though the story all revolves around him. Um, the performances were amazing. And then, I'll take it even a step further. Um, Martin Sheen as J. Edgar Hoover, the despicable person that that guy was... I don't know how they made Martin Sheen just not look like Martin Sheen as like as well as they did in this movie. So overall, thought it was fantastic. I don't really have any gripes with the editing um, or anything like that, but it was a little jumpy. I kind of caught myself kind of asking, like, wait, where are we again? Um, then I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but I watched an interview with um, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, I want to say two weeks ago where he said that he had to get therapy after this role because that role took that much of a toll on him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys heard that or not, but... Um, after Sorry to Bother You? Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, did, I had not seen that. I had not either. Um, by the way, this movie was eligible for the Golden Globes. So... It, it, it probably will be eligible then. Yeah, for That's, the Oscars okay. for sure. Um, only major nomination was Daniel Kaluuya for Best Supporting Actor. Did not get nominated for Best Drama, and Lakeith Sanfield get did not get nominated. So That's a shame because he was. I think Lakeith Sanfield was really really good in this movie. He has such like a calming demeanor about him, um, and in this type of role, it was almost like. It was almost chilling. Um, those scenes he would have with Jesse Plemons, like in, in, in his home when they were kind of talking about their plan and, and, and where they're at. And it's 
kind of hard to believe that this is a true story. Like this happened. The FBI did this. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, it kind of was cool. Well, definitely was cool to kind of learn about Chairman Fred Hampton. And I liked how at the end of the movie, they kind of gave like a, not a, where are they now, but like what happened. Um, and Fred Hampton's son is currently the chairman still of the, I think the same, I don't know if it's like the same chapter of the black Panther party, but definitely in Chicago, he, he's still involved with the black Panther party in Chicago, which I thought was really, really cool. Yeah. His dad's been immortalized, you know, Fred Hampton has been immortalized as a, you know, a, a signature of, of the hope and the movement and of, you know, progress. So it'd be hard if, if you, I mean, if your dad, was like that it would be impossible to not just continue on in that footsteps and just move forward it's very true um he was also very involved uh heavily involved with the shooting of this movie which i thought was cool he he himself did an interview where when they were shooting this movie where he said uh, shaka king the director reached out to him and said that he wanted his input so i thought that was very cool to kind of stay as close to the true story as they did um I, I don't think much of this was like Hollywoodized, you know. So I, overall, I I was very very pleased. I'm excited to see what it does come awards season. I agree. Um, it seems like I'm the uh, the lowest of the three on this, which which is seem has come out fairly. I I am still positive on the movie for sure. Like I think Chuck said the best word: performance based. It's phenomenal. Head start to bottom. Everyone came to play. I, I, it's just a pacing of the movie to me a little bit because it is long. It's a long movie. It, it's it's strange to be to me frenetic at times and then without really, I guess, progressing the story or anything. I'm I'm, I'm going too deep into the negative on a movie that I very much enjoy. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just laying the basis of that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't have much else to add other than um, I was. I, we were talking a little bit beforehand, but it's weird how Jesse Plemons went from playing the nice guy on Friday Night Lights to playing exclusively bad guys afterwards. It, I, again, I'm. I'm going to say the same thing I said earlier. You're missing. Is he not the not the main antagonist, but one of the antagonists in Like Mike? He's the other kid at the orphanage that's trying to get his shoes, is he not? He is the main antagonist. Yes, he is. Well, well I mean, in of the whole movie, but yes, he's the yeah. main childhood antagonist, I guess. Absolutely. Oh, he was a prick. I hated you. Oh, yeah. That, that, that set the stage for, with, for Jesse Plemons with me for the rest of my life. I, I can't shake that movie, that specific role. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get over it. Um, Chuck, well, one thing I wanted to mention with you. And I'm surprised you haven't done this already, but this movie had a little bit of a uh, Get Out reunion. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but mm -hmm. it had Lakeith Stanfeld, Daniel Kaluuya, and Lil Ray Howery, all of whom were in Get Out. Yeah. Um, I did notice that, but Jordan Peele wasn't involved with this, so I didn't <laughs> – it wasn't necessarily – Inform me of Lil Ray Howery. In this movie? 
either one, I suppose. Get out, he's the TSA guy. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh I thought you might. Okay. TSA. <laughs> and, TSA always knows. Yes, yes. God, what a... <laughs> what a great role that was. And then in, in this movie, he plays who I have to imagine. I don't remember his name, but the other um, I don't know if he's an FBI agent or if he is also himself infiltrated the Black Panther Party um, along with um, William O'Neill. But he's the guy who is at the bar towards the end of the movie who talks to him and gives him what I imagine is some sort of poison or medication to slip into his drink it's a sedative yes. i believe yes i i know the actor now that i apparently didn't know that i had a different name in my head which i shouldn't have had apparently <laughs> but yeah but then, so help me out here because the one thing i wasn't sure of I mean, he he got the whatever that was the crushed up pill whatever the the sedative into his drink right because that's why at the end of the movie, he was unable to wake up. That's definitely what the film implies. That was my interpretation of what yeah. happened. <laughs> in in real life, the guy always denied that he did that. But, um, you know, the movie obviously implies that he did end up doing it. Oh, my goodness. And then, you know, w- one of the darker realities of this entire situation was they released the documentary on this where they actually interviewed William O'Neill, um, the guy who was working with the FBI and, and the rat essentially out. What was it? It was like 1990 or something yeah, like that. And then the evening that the documentary was released, he committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's a tragic story. And yeah. And it's really, the movie's about, you know, ambivalence, because basically his ambivalence is what allows everything to happen. And that's not necessarily a good thing, guys. Not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. Just, be, just being a passerby or or not wanting to make a stand on your own side can be as wrong as being on the wrong side, basically. Yep. All right. Do you guys have any lasting um, or a- any last words on the movie? Any, any last takeaways that you'd like to kind of get out there? Um, I don't think so. I, I think uh, we've pretty much said everything that uh, I think this is also one of the type of movies that people either decided to see or they decided to skip. You know, I think mm-hmm, I do mm-hmm. think if you saw the trailer and you were like, I want to see that, you should see it. And if you saw the trailer and were like, I'm not going to see that, I don't know that anything we say here is going to make you change your mind. Yeah, that is true. Dan, any, anything for you? My big thing is maybe you guys will agree or disagree with me on this. I think, on a, I think a second rewatch with details already filled in might be great for this, to just see what the actors are doing and see the decisions they're making and stuff. With what's happening, it, I'm gonna watch this again. I think it might be fun. Yeah. Also, shout out Daniel Kaluuya's American accent, just killing it. Oh my gosh! It, it, is it not the best American accent? I mean, from somebody listen, who obviously is an American. Listen, as a fan of The Wire, I have to say, Eat Yourself murders <laughs> the American accent. Just absolutely murders it. 
Uh, Idris, uh, all great things to say about the freaking fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say about the movie. Um, I'm definitely open to rewatching it again. I it it sounds like you guys already knew the outcome of this movie. Um, I didn't, so maybe a second rewatch with with me knowing exactly how this plays out. Um, no, I, I didn't either, Ricky. That's kind of, what oh, I, was, I think the second okay. rewatch. Yeah, no, I, I, I knew vague principles about Fred Hampton, but not specifics of any idea whatsoever. So it was, uh, I think the second rewatch, like you're, you're saying is going to be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. I, I knew next to nothing, um, about the, the contents of this film going into it. So I think I could benefit from a second rewatch. Um, but kind of moving on from that to, um, our second topic for discussion, um, for this pod and Chuck, I'm going to kind of let you take the lead on this. Cause this is more your wheelhouse uh, wheelhouse, but the, um, Snyder cut justice league trailer. Okay. So let's, I'm going to start with like a little bit of the history of the original justice league. Okay, so Justice League comes out in 2017, and it has a extremely troubled production. <laughs> First off, Warner Brothers had been developing this movie since like The Dark Knight came out because they didn't like they wanted you know they were had this vision of like okay the MCU is launching, Christopher Nolan is our guy, we've got this thing that didn't work out because a Christopher Nolan is not that type of guy to make that kind those type of movies most of the time. And B uh, the death of Heath Ledger really affected uh, Christopher Nolan and it kind of affected dark Knight rises, um, which uh, unfortunately is a recurring theme in this story as well. So they end up mm. making um, Zack Snyder makes man of steel. It's a success. Batman vs. Superman comes out. It's a box office success, although reviews not as well. Extreme box office success, which is why they push forward. Yeah, which is also a recurring theme in this story, unfortunately, as well. Mm -hmm. So Zack Snyder films, uh, they film the Justice League in 2016. Um. There were multiple rewrites while they were filming. There was... uh, the Warner Brothers saw like a rough, uh, not a rough cut, but they saw a version of this. They saw some of the films and they were like, they wanted things changed. Already. So there's already studio interference. Now, the film stuck wrapped in 2016 and they start post-production. In May 2017, Zack Snyder, the director of the film, steps away due to personal tragedy his his daughter committed suicide unfortunately and uh so when they step away he steps away the studio brings in joss whedon to finish basically the movie Mm -hmm. now uh joss whedon comes in obviously he had done both the avengers and age of ultron both box office successes and the first Avengers very well received. Um, in Age of Ultron, not terribly received, but less so. But um, 
So Joss Whedon comes in and basically they do like normally reshoots on a movie are fairly common. They'll be like, hey, we want to reshoot this scene for editing purposes, do some things. So like people come back for like it normally doesn't take that long. These reshoots were about they put twenty five million dollars into the reshoots. So extensive reshoots are done. Mm-hmm. Joss Whedon writing whole new scenes. Uh, according to some estimates, Joss Whedon like redid about 85% of the movie, depending on – and there's different estimates about how much was Zach's footage and how much was Joss. Yeah, I think he reshot – I think it goes – he reshot 85 to 90% of the movie and ended up using like 75% of it. Like 75% of the movie is Joss Whedon movie. Right. So – there's then begin they bent want to claim that you know a lot of people are kind of want to push this movie back because obviously when you're having to do this much reshooting editing all that kind of stuff it's causing problems and you want to take time to make sure the movie comes out here's the problem the warner brothers executives wanted to release this movie so that they could earn their bonuses mm-hmm. so that's what they did and they released in November 2017. Um, it should also be noted that, um, oh, well, I guess we'll get into it later. So anyway, movie comes out. <coughs> both, uh, I've seen Justice League. I saw Justice League in theaters. Dan, I assume you did. Yes, I did. Yep. It was milquetoast to me. It was not terrible, but it was not great. It was in theaters exactly what you said upon thinking more upon it and more any rewatch it gets worse and worse at all times yeah it it wasn't good no and it did not end up being the box office smash that warner brothers had hoped i mean would you say an up i mean an abject failure as a as a massive movie the the justice league yeah at the box office i mean first off like i just said all these reshoots and whatnot blew up the budget to 300 million dollars now at the global box office it made just over 700 million. So and normally for a for a movie to make money it's got to make double its budget about when and it's that's a global without, release. That's and that's that's with normal reshoots. Not this extensive re, that, that no. This right. needed to make a billion dollars 100% right. without in right because what's not included in that bo- in that budget that I just mentioned mm-hmm. is the marketing. Paying yep, for average, all yep. the commercials, the billboards, all that stuff, all the trailers, all that. So, anyways, so Justice League comes out, and a lot of fans, especially fans of Zack Snyder's other work, are not happy. So, at some point, I don't remember when, but Zack Snyder was talking about the movie um, and said that he had had some sort of rough cut of the movie and like, you know, that he envisioned. So at this point, fans start tweeting about the Snyder cut. The hashtag Snyder cut is trending and his fans are very aggressive about it. Not only to Warner Brothers executives, but to basically anyone online who talks about it. And, uh, you know, you can have a whole separate discussion on social media culture and all that. So I'm going to leave that to whoever you want to talk to that about. There are plenty of articles you can read 
on both sides. So I, I encourage people to do that on their own. So 2020 rolls around. And again, this, this slider cut talk has been going on for now nearly two or three years. And uh, Warner Brothers has launched HBO Max. And everyone's like, well, maybe they'll do the Snyder Cut to attract viewers to HBO Max. And a lot of people are like, I don't think that's going to happen because the movie's not done. It's not like they have the Snyder Cut in the back and they're just waiting to release it. It, it has to be worked on. And then they announce that they're going to release the Snyder Cut on HBO Max. But that it's not going to come out for another year almost. It's mm-hmm. I, think, I think they announced it back in May of last year. May or June, something, something like that. Yeah, uh, May is what May, April. I had in my head. I don't know why I had April in my head, but something spring to early summer. Yes. So, anyways, they announced that, and they do reshoots on for this version of the Snyder Cut as well. So, throw that in, and now we're here. There's a trailer. Oh, we should also mention, definitely should mention that um, the actor. Who plays Cyborg, Ray Fisher, has alleged uh, verbal abuse from Joss Whedon during those reshoots and during Joss Whedon's tenure on Justice League. There's a whole lieu of controversy about the investigation into that because of the way Warner Brothers has been handling it. Um, Again, I encourage you to read articles online because there's too much to get into in this podcast. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna lie, Chuck. I'm not gonna touch the Ray Fisher thing for now because I just want to. We're gonna. I'm gonna avoid that for now. If Ricky wants to divulge, he can. Right, uh, but given some other <laughs> recent allegations about it, Joss Whedon, it seems more and more plausible. Oh, it's it is it is a prevalent topic that needs to be talked about, but not right now for us. <laughs> is what I'm hoping. Yes. <laughs> so, anyways. So that leads us to where we are today, where we are getting a four-hour movie of Zach. Because at one point in this production, this was going to be two movies. This is going to be a Justice League Part One and Part Two. Um, and now Which I it was needed su- to be. It needed to be with looking at the past, but Justice League, it needed it for sure. Right. Um, we're gonna get. Black suit Superman that doesn't have any weird facial images because that's I I should I guess I should have mentioned that too. Um, so when they were doing those reshoots I was talking about with Joss Whedon and Superman, he had a mustache because of his part in Mission Impossible Fallout. Yep, and they basically got into a fight. With the studio who produces, I forgot which studio produces that, but um, Paramount. Paramount. That oh, like quick, quick prediction: Mission Impossible file is better than anything we've mentioned yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, he grew a mustache for that movie, and like they wanted him to shave it because Superman doesn't have a mustache, and Paramount wouldn't let it happen, so they had to like digitally edit out the mustache, which. Some people claim is a deal breaker, makes it look really weird. Personally, I didn't really notice it the first time I watched it, but the more you watch it, the more you, it's hard not to notice. But, the worst part yeah. was they, they the very first scene of the movie. They're like, 
here's Superman's fake face. Bang! Immediately. And you could just tell. Then, then all you saw the whole movie was that. But, yes. Yeah, so that's that's a, a brief, as brief as I could be, history of the, of the Snyder Cut and where we are today. Trailer just dropped on Valentine's Day weekend. Um, I think Dan, it's time I, to hear what Ricky has to say without any. Ricky strictly just watching the trailer, now now informed of the lunacy behind this project. <laughs> what uh, what did you think of the trailer? Oh my goodness! How much time do I have? Um, as much as we want to take. <laughs> um, I thought the trailer was great. Um, and just so everybody knows, I am one of, it feels like the few who didn't watch, uh, the justice league when it was released in 2017. And the, the very, uh, the reason behind that was I was so heartbroken, um, over the disappointment that the suicide squad brought me, um, in, in its release, I believe that was late 2016, um, is when that movie came out that I had told myself that from this point forth, I was not watching any DC content um, when it was first getting released because they seem to not be able to kind of get everything together, at least the way that Marvel had um, and Marvel kind of set that bar super high for me. So I avoided the justice league. And then after about a month of it being out, I just stopped caring to watch it. Um, now I think I've seen like maybe a combined eight minutes of it, um, like on HBO. Now that could very well be Batman vs Superman. I have no idea what I'm watching. Um, but just going back to thoughts after watching the trailer, I am excited for it. Um, it looks good. I've heard nothing but great things. Um, uh, uh well, I, I guess no one's seen it yet, but nothing but excitement about the Snyder cut. Now I do have a question as somebody who has not seen the original. Um, do I need to see the original or should I just forget about that entirely and let this be like the justice league at this point? I would just not watch it. You've made it this far without watching it. You can go another month, Uh, but I would say one after you watch the Snyder cut, maybe go back and watch Justice League. I don't think you can. I don't think you can necessarily watch these two and be separate. But you know what I mean. It's there. I don't necessarily love to compare movies all the time, but when you're comparing two versions of the same movie, it's hard not to. Mine's easy, and I remember talking to Ricky about this before we started this podcast. I don't know why we haven't done it, Chuck. But mine's two words: fuck no, Ricky. (laughs) <laughs> you, you you do not need to know. You do not need it to at all. You are good. Just yeah. skip it. They're, they're definitely going to be two different stories. First off, Joss Whedon, if you've ever seen anything Joss Whedon's ever done, you know he likes to make jokes. Mm-hmm. And Zack Snyder already mm-hmm. said there's going to be like no jokes in this movie. I did see Zack Snyder does not know what a joke is. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, the movie's four on. hours long, which... Uh, uh, it's going to be a slog, guys. It boy, might be great. I'm, it might be a great slog. Listen, it's one of those you you hope you live in it, but it's going to be. Oh, listen, there are 
some movies that can get away with not having jokes. Schindler's yep. List, not not a movie that needs jokes, right? And yep. I would never disparage it because of that, right? It's, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. It's very much the exception to the rule, though. Most oh, movies, yeah. you need a little bit of humor to make it through that long. But like I said, well, there might be t- t- what ten movies ever that can have no humor and completely lift themselves above the crowd. You know, Justice League is not going to be one of them. It has to have some sort of, I mean, brevity. Here's my thing. I don't. It's not that I need. Uh, it's not like just take all these superheroes super seriously. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But at the same, uh, you know, because I do think superhero stories can be worthwhile. They can be meaningful and they should be good and taken seriously. But like my guys, they're wearing capes. You're telling me you can't make (laughs) jokes. They're wearing capes. Like, come on, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Go ahead, Ricky. I have a hard time believing that there's not going to be jokes. Um, well, hold on a second. Harley Quinn's not in this, is she? No. Um, not that I know of, no. No, Jared Leto's Joker will be. Yes, that is what and I we, wanted to get to as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, what's your opinion? Since you were so disappointed in Suicide... Well, I, everyone was. I was, certainly. At least it seems like Ricky was looking forward to it. So that oh my god, I was, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I was never looking forward to it. So. Me either. Yeah. So. They, they, I'll never forget when they released that music video for Purple Lamborghini with Skrillex and Rick Ross, and they had Jared Leto as the Joker on that yacht. Oh my! I have never been more excited for a movie. For I all the I listeners, was. that is such a Ricky statement to say. I've heard. <laughs> oh man, that is so. That is perfect. Oh my! I was so I listened to Purple Lamborghini for about three straight months leading up to that movie. Um, so Jared Leto's Joker in Suicide Squad was, in my opinion, a disappointment. Um, I don't think it's his fault. I love Jared Leto as an actor. I think he was just given a really, really crappy hand. I am intrigued. I'm not going to say excited, just because I, I I know better at this point. But I am intrigued because they did kind of, in my opinion, make him look a little bit like um, Joaquin's Joker. That's kind of what I got, like his hair down to his like shoulders, like on the sides. Unless I'm remembering that wrong. I don't know if you guys drew that same parallel that I did, but. I would say you're not wrong. No, you could make it. I would say more traditional Joker for sure. Yeah. In terms of that, just like natural hair, um, and that kind of look, you know, he didn't necessarily have like the red suit like Joaquin Joker's, but like I get more natural. He didn't have the damaged tattoo on his forehead, which, you know, definitely turned me off. Like I remember seeing the images (laughs) when they released that and somebody in the comments, I remember thinking like that's dumb, right? And then I remember seeing someone in the comments. I can't remember where I saw it, but it was like, that looks like something that like a fan of the Joker would get tattooed on their face. And I was like, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, a fan of the Joker <laughs> that doesn't go outside often. Yeah, I was uh, just like, yeah. And um, the only thing I want to say is bring into real life and I'll let you continue, Chuck, is uh, 
I, when I saw it, all it made, made me think is, man, it looks like he shot that when he was shooting little the little things. Like, it's like <laughs> the shoots at the same time, he had the same hair. And he, that's what they made work. I, I mean, never thought about that. <laughs> I, I don't think so, because the little things, I mean, it came out in January, so it had to have been shot. No, I, I don't think the timing. No, I, you were correct. But I, don't think like, I don't think it's perfect, but that's just kind of what I yeah. just watched the little things and it popped in my brain. It's 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 not unsimilar, so you're not wrong. But like, right, yeah, yeah. Um, and that the his scene, I believe, is pro is one of the reshot scenes, um, that they did this uh, in 2020. Um, so we'll see how that works out. I mean, I'm gonna watch it. Obviously, I'm paying for HBO Max, which means I'm paying to see the new movies they release. So that yep. Snyder cut, and we're gonna have to talk about it on this podcast, and you know. To be part of the culture that I want to be a part of, I'm going to have to watch it. Chuck, it but sounds like me and I'm you not, are in a similar boat. I'm not looking forward to it, though. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. Exactly. I, I mean, you could probably tell just by my tone just talking about this movie the whole time. <laughs> but, like, boy, I am not – listen, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, listen, when we look down Zack Snyder's filmography, 300. When I saw it in middle school, I loved it. When I watch it now, I'm a little like, mm, I don't know about this. I, 300 holds up for me for what I, I still hold that one as one of those for what it is movies. 300 yeah. is great for what it is. We have to, you have to, if you don't say for what it is, you sound like an idiot. Eh. Uh, <laughs> listen, like I said, do your own research. On some <laughs> things, including Frank Miller, who wrote the 300 comic. He oh. wrote the very famous Batman comic, The Dark Knight Returns, which drew Batman vs. Superman drew a lot of inspiration from. Do some research on Frank Miller's views on things, and uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And uh, anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, Zack Snyder's other famous foray into superheroes, Watchmen. Um, the ultimate cut, there's like an ultimate cut, and it does make plot things make more sense. But it doesn't save the movie for me. Same thing with Batman versus Superman. There's a ultimate cut on HBO Max. Does make some plot things make a little more sense. Again, doesn't save the movie. It was already um, a long movie, and you add you add time to it. I, I know you explained some things, but I'm not a Zack Snyder fan. Three hundred has some cool scenes. Yay! Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm of a similar mindset. So, um, but I'm gonna try and walk into this movie with an open mind. I try to do that for all the movies, but yeah, this this feels like a movie I'm gonna watch in like two sittings. Like I might watch two hours and then just be like put it on pause, go watch something else for a little while, get some humor injected into me, you know, South Park's on HBO Max. Maybe I'll watch a few episodes of that while I'm, while, you know. As a palate cleanser before you <laughs> jump into the Before I jump into the second half, yeah. I, I would be um, doing a disservice if I didn't address this, Chuck, but you failed to mention Zack Snyder's best movie. 
um, that he was a director for, and that is the 2004 version of Dawn of the Dead. I am not going to let us not talk about that absolute cult classic. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. If you haven't, you need to watch it. So that's his best movie, 100%. I, be- I don't think I've seen that. I don't. Oh. I haven't seen that or no, the original. Jo- uh, ra- uh, jo- uh, Romero, George, George Romero. Romero version. I have seen Night of the Living Dead, but I have not seen Dawn of the Dead. Night of the Living Dead is better than Romero's Dawn of the Dead, and obviously Land of the Dead and Day of the Dead. The, the, the last two are terrible, but Snyder's Dawn of the Dead outdoes Romero's Dawn of the Dead. I forgot about it because it's not even a Zack Snyder movie. I think someone else directed it and he put his because it's it doesn't he's not like him at all. It's it, it's insane. Well, it, he apparently did it and his it's a well crafted horror movie. Well, like just it. just so you guys know, the writer of Dawn of the Dead is James Gunn, aka director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, oh. and director That's why it's of good. the upcoming <laughs> Suicide Squad movie. Which is just gonna just pretend that other movie didn't happen. <laughs> Which I love, by the way. I love that. No, approach. but he's he's reusing some people though. Yeah, he's reusing mm-hmm. Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. And I th- it might they, just be that, but I no, think that no, they, it's, they because, they're reusing the um the soldier. I can't think of his name, but the 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 main protagonist from the original. Oh yeah, uh. Jo- uh Rick Flag is the name of the character. Rick Flag, yeah, I can't mm-hmm. remember. I was thinking the I cannot remember the actor's name though. I... Joel Kinnaman. That is it. Yes. And Vi- Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. That makes like, sense I, as well. Yeah, that's I, great. I didn't know that, but that makes sense. It, we we could talk about the casting for that film probably for two straight hours. It's such a, such an interesting cast. We might have to do that on a later episode, or maybe right before the movie releases. But yeah, the, yeah. that's the later this year, I think. Scheduled right? to come out in August, so mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I think. God, I hope we're able to go to movie theaters by then. James Gunn is super high. He's very excited about it. You know, I mean, he I guess he's excited about everything, but <laughs> he seems pretty. When he's competent on something, he was. He, I remember him flaunt before guardians and people were calling him crazy and he was all over twitter he's like no 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 you wait so well, i i kind of trust him now i'm excited i think that I'm, if i'm not mistaken that was on my top five most anticipated that we did an episode one i believe for this it was. year apparently i didn't learn my lesson from the original but um do you guys have anything else you want to add before we get to dan's surprise trivia game no, I'm ready for the surprise trivia. No, that's enough Snyder cut until we until we got to watch it. That's a month for it's releases March 18th, I believe is the date. So yeah. uh, it'll be a week after Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, it's gonna be a busy couple weekends. Yeah, March is awesome. It's like we've been waiting forever. March is gonna be great. We got yeah, plenty of stuff in March. I'm excited. Um, but okay, I got I got a couple. It's only three questions again. Just just standard. Some semi-standard trivia, I would call it. There's always going to be one Oscar question. That's just how I roll. You're always going to have some Oscar question. Uh, okay. Number one. What real-life figure was portrayed by Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner in back-to-back years? A figure? Uh, you mean like a person? Yes. Person, figure, man. 
then we'll say man, but I guess they're both men, so man. Oh. I have a hint. And you, get, you get like half a point or whatever. You know, points, but I'm keeping track. I'm not ready for the hint yet. Um, my knowledge of either actor's filmography is not great. I'm trying to think of historical figures that Kurt Russell has played. The first one that comes to mind is Miracle. Oh, yeah. Herb Dean, I believe is the coach's name. Um, Kevin Costner did ne- never played Coach Herb. I, I don't believe. I ooh. Not in the 2000s, I don't think, because that movie came out in 2004. Um, so I'm trying to – it's probably something – Something they did when they were younger, back in the, back in the old nineties or eighties. Well, I'm thinking here, and who did um, Kevin Costner? Was he not in that TV series with Bill Paxton, um, Hatfields and McCoys? Was that Kevin Costner? Um, movies. This is this is movie trivia. Okay, so throw that out sure. the window. I, yeah, I, I, I don't want to leave you guys on a uh, complete wild goose chase if you're going to go TV movies. Yeah, the um, only guess I have. TVs are like multiple years, the same year, one two year movies. Oh, that's right, back to back years. Back to back years. I was saying, don't forget, don't forget that part. I wonder if it's, you know, who I'm thinking it might be. It's uh, Wyatt Earp. Is who I'm thinking because I know Kevin Costner portrayed him in a movie. In uh, he did Tombstone. I can't remember if he did Tombstone or if he did the other one. But uh, Kurt I'm Russell. Googling I, Chuck. I'm not googling. <laughs> I see I'm, your phone. I know, phone but I'm looking at the Suicide Squad page. I, <laughs> I was tempted to, but I'm not going. No, I'm going to go with your phone out here. I saw your phone. I'm going. Ricky, I'm gonna I can't go, see you with no phone. I'm going to go with either. It's either Wyatt Earp or it's a president. That's the only things I can think of. It's either Wyatt Earp or it's a either kid. playing a president. All right, five. I'm going with Chuck, even though I don't know who it is. Three. Wyatt Earp. Yeah. The correct answer is. Ding, ding, ding. Wyatt Earp. Ooh, who's Wyatt Earp? 1993, Kurt Russell plays Wyatt Earp in Tombstone. Oh, okay. Kurt Russell. 1994, Kevin Costner plays Wyatt Earp in Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp, yeah. Fun okay. fact, Kevin Costner turned down the lead role in Tombstone to pl- portray the more serious version of Wyatt Earp in Wyatt Earp the, front, the next year. Yeah. Spoiler alert, Tombstone, much better much more famous movie. Everybody remembers Tombstone. Should I know who that is? Wyatt, Wyatt Earp. Earp? Yeah. The shootout at the OK Corral. It's one of the most famous mm-hmm. gunfights in, in Old West history. Yep. Yeah, I lived with uh, Jesse for three years. Still don't know who that is. He's, he should be ashamed of himself. Um, <laughs> my uh, Darling Clementine, I believe, is the first. I don't yeah, know if it's the first, but it's the, probably the best movie version of that. It's a nineteen. It's an old black and white movie, but it's. I, I it probably Tombstone's fantastic though. Tombstone is phenomenal. Chuck, when's the last time you seen Tombstone? Because I don't, I don't I think you, I've seen you, Tombstone. I saw my daughter Tomb- time at time. No, could, no, no, no. Because that's where the famous the the, the uh, Val Kilmer's line as as a uh, Doc Holliday's "I'll be your Huckleberry," where he goes yeah. out to you know to, to face him himself instead before him wired up, and then you know 
Yeah, but it's a, basically but, a famous shootout, Ricky, where Ryder yes. and his brothers are deputies and Doc Holliday against this gang of villains, you know, as uh, there always is in the Old West. It's fantastic. Tombstone is the first we need to watch. My I'll have to add it to my is... list. All right. What's your fantastic. next question? David? Okay, here we go. Um, so Chuck, yes, Ricky, no. Sorry, Ricky. I don't think you I don't think you were getting that one. That's okay. <laughs> uh okay. Name the movie with these actors. I have three. I'm going to give you the first two double points if you figure it out. If not, I'll give you the third. Hopefully that helps. Russell Crowe and Paul Giamatti. Oh, goodness. Hmm. It's not Gladiator, because Paul Giamatti's not in that. <laughs> Are we sure? Yes. Who would Paul Giamatti be in Gladiator? <laughs> Paul Giamatti in ancient Rome. Does He's like, he'd only be in it if it was like, it, it showed like a flash forward to modern Italy in it. Paul Giamatti's like <laughs> yeah, he's like his kid at the end. <laughs> <laughs> he's his ancient ancestor or something. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, let's see. Oh, Russell Crowe's not in Sideways, so that's a. So uh, this has got to be. I mean, like, so not to interrupt you, Chuck, but like, prime Russell Crowe was like what, two thousand to twenty or two thousand eight. It's like two thousand. It's nineteen ninety nine to like two thousand nine. It's like prime. Okay. So what know, were that was like a beautiful mind, gladiator, uh, Cinderella man. Um, uh, it, it, it's Cinderella man. Cinderella man. It's, you, you're probably right. Let's go with Cinderella man. Isn't Paul Giamatti his trainer or something? Yeah, that that makes sense. Let's go with it. Ding 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 ding. Good job, Yay. boys. You're doing Is well. Is that right? Tonight. Is he a Cinderella Man? Cinderella Man is the correct answer. Who was the third actor you were going to get? Uh, Renee Zellweger. Okay. So, actor, actor, actress, you know, just uh, yeah. the, the plural, the, the gender neutral, whatever. Uh, the, my hint was going to be 04, which was Cinderella Man. Mm-hmm. My hint for the other one was 93, 94, which was the backpack years, which I don't yeah. think I mentioned before. Um, okay. Number three. There have been three Oscar, air quotations, sweeps. The last being The Silence of the Lambs, winning Best Actor, Actress, Picture, Director, Screenplay of any kind. Name the second. The first one was Silence of the Lambs, or that was the most recent? The most recent was Silence of the Lambs. So you want us to name the one that's going to be in the middle, since it happened three times? Yes. Because the other one's from, like, 1940-something. I think it's Ben-Hur. It's who? What? Ben-Hur. Is that, is that a movie? Yeah. It's definitely a movie. It's a biblical epic. It starred uh, Charlton Heston, Arson, and it yeah. won. it's tied for the most Oscars ever. Um, with a Titanic and Return of the King, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, with eleven. Yeah. Um, the only thing Which apparently I isn't the best Lord of the Rings, but whatever. They, <laughs> they gave those awards to Return of the King because they were like, "Listen, Fellowship and Two Towers both got nominated. We're just going <laughs> to award this." It was like it's like when they give those 
you know, lifetime achievement Oscars. You know what I mean? <laughs> they just gave all the awards to Return of the King because they were like, yeah, you probably deserved it for the other ones, but let's give it to Return of the King. Anyways. Whatever, uh, Chuck. I, the only thing with Ben-Hur is I don't know who the leading actress would be that would have won. Because, um, you know, it's basically just Charlton Heston throughout most of the movie. My my Oscar trivia knowledge is not that great once you kind of go past, like, 2000. Um, <laughs> it's pretty much, like, the, since the time that I knew what a movie was. Um, I need to rearrange my trivia mind, then, <laughs> for, for, for you, Ricky. Hard to believe I'm on a movie and TV podcast, but... Um, the, I don't think it's been her, but that's what's coming in my mind. The only I'm just going to shout out obvious choices and let's see if one of them sticks with you. Um, the Godfather. No, Godfather uh, did not win no Best Director. No, <laughs> Godfather did not win Best Director the year it came out. Did not. No, Bob Fosse won for uh, Cabaret, I believe. Um, um, singing in the Rain. That's older than that's like nineteen thirty something. That's oh, it's like nineteen fifty. It's nineteen thirty. It's like fifty four or something. Well, I have seen that. I said the other one was nineteen fifties. Like the first one's the fifties. Okay, so oh. it's okay. It's definitely not okay. All right, so okay. this has got to be like sixty seventies. Probably. Uh, Silence of the Lamb was late eighties, right? Or early ninety one. Ninety one. Yeah. Right. Uh, Kramer versus Kramer might be an might be an option. Um, I'm gonna give you 30 seconds. I don't think you're on the right path. It wouldn't have been a Star Wars. No. Only the first Star Wars won Best Picture. Um, I was I'm, I'm useless. I'm what you, you guys can't see me, but I'm waving the white flag. <laughs> All right. Well, if he says we're not on the right path, and we uh, let's go with. I wonder if it's a music, a different musical. I'm thinking of. Um, it's not a musical. All right, never mind. Scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll guess. Who's I can always of- see Chuck pulling it out of his ass, which is always the thing. So I'm letting I'm letting this go. Uh, I'm gonna guess. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? No, that's a little too early still. It is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You should have known that. Obviously. I don't have... I don't have... It's Nurse Ratchet. I don't have the the, the actress's name, unfortunately. I don't have that memorized. Um, But then, you know, Nicholson, Kubrick, uh, picture. I don't don't know who wrote it either. I apologize for that. But... uh, Born Flavors Nest is the final answer. The actress is Louise Fletcher. Louise Fletcher, that's it. And I know that because she plays a recurring role in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Mm. Um, Of course, of course. And it was written by a man named Ken Kesey. Okay, yeah. Very strange spelling. You don't usually remember Kubrick's writers because he kind of just whatever the hell he does with his own movies. So... Ken Kesey also wrote the book. 
So ah, uh, okay, that makes sense. But there's my little uh, three game trivia. I'm gonna keep coming up with the different types of questions if I can for you fellas. I like it. Go easy on me next time. That would be did, greatly appreciated. I didn't. You nailed number two, Ricky, and Chuck on number one. I don't think I was too. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I think I'm right in the difficulty I need to be. Okay, fair. That's fair. Um, All right. So if I, if I limit you to like 20 seconds, then yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> but I'm, let, I'm letting you guys think about it. <laughs> Do we want to go down the rabbit hole? That is WandaVision episode six, right? This was the. Sixth I think one? we have to. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a whole new page of notes ready. Yeah, same. Uh, first, my first thought when watching this episode, Malcolm in the Middle. Yes, yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. The like, intro was fantastic. Malcolm in the Middle. First off, one of my favorite shows of all time. I mean, so funny. Um. Also, though, it kind of makes kid perspective. You were like, yeah, as soon as they did the kids talking, I was like, oh, this is definitely Malcolm the Middle. Yeah. Um, But I should we should also mention, um, you know, so we first episode was like, I love Lucy. Right. That's clearly the 50s. Yep. Second episode is this show called Bewitched. Yep. That's the 60s. Um. I can't remember the 70s sitcom they based it off of. Um, Brady Bunch, right? Yeah, Brady Bunch, which started in the 60s and then kind of went into the 70s. Yeah. Um, and then they went to the 80s with Family Matters and Growing Pains, mm-hmm. which are 80s in the 90s. I thought it was Full House. No, no. It was uh, uh, Full House was the next one. No, they did. They skipped Full House. Well, I thought because, the one on the pick the picnic on the front lawn was yeah was that the Family Matters slash Full House one. It's like kind of a combo one, maybe. Yeah, it's maybe. a little bit of Full House, but it's mostly Family Matters and Growing Pains. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we skipped one somewhere, but yeah, we skipped the '90s because the next one we got was Malcolm in the Middle, which is 2000 to 2006. I know, but I'm I'm we only have five episodes. We missed an episode, but either way. Well, the fourth episode didn't show yeah. any. We didn't Stop, have there we sitcom go. You're right. That's right. There we go. You're right. So, yeah. So, I just wanted to point that out really quick. Um, and as far as, like, analysis, first off, my first big thing when I when I finished this episode, what, what, what was my first thought was, oh, Agnes was straight up lying to Vision. <sighs> 100%. She's part of the main title cards now. She's she's in on it. Like come on, she's in on it. Yeah, she is an otherworldly being or, or of some kind or being connected to it. It has to be. I feel like Ricky, let's get your thoughts on it and then we'll we'll go through the episode yeah. kind of chronologically that way we can uh Okay. Um do you guys want me just to give my thoughts on the episode or my theories? Cuz when I Let's start say, talking, it's going to be hard to stop me. Save theories for the end. Uh, okay. I don't know if I can do that, but okay, I'll try. Just give your overall thoughts on the episode, and then we'll we'll go from there, all right? Yeah, I thought the episode 
was a cuck. I'm going to be honest. It left me wanting so much more that that please wait at the end uh, drove me crazy. Um, as a whole, like, like you mentioned, I love the Malcolm in the middle, um, not in the very beginning, one of the most underrated TV comedies of all time. Um, there were a lot of, I feel like there was a lot more, um, so I'm looking for like dialogue in this episode compared to other episodes. Like I felt like we were actually like progressing through the story at a better pace than previous episodes. Um, I, I thought this was a great setup for the last three. Cause I don't know if you guys know this or not, but um, Kevin Feige during the, I hope I pronounced his last name right, um, at the yeah. um, Disney Investors uh, presentation back at the end of 2020, said that WandaVision as uh, a season was going to have a six-hour runtime. Well, there's three episodes left, and there is just under three hours remaining. So we're getting some big boy episodes. Um, Wait, there's six episodes left? Three There's episodes three. left, and they're okay, all going to be an hour, and they're all going to be about an hour in length. Yes. Okay, I misheard you, so I was like, whoa, what? Yeah, <laughs> no, so I thought this episode did a really good job at, like, setting the stage for what's ultimately going to be this this showdown. Um, super, super excited to see who um, Rambo is going to see. I, I think we're going to get that next episode. Um Fingers crossed it's Sean Krasinski's Reed Richards, please. Um, but other than that, I, I it, it's just it's the, it's more of the same. It's what it's been. It was consistent. I kind of catch myself waiting for that week episode. And I don't think it's happened yet. And I don't think it's going to happen. This show has impressed me so, so much. Um, and yeah, I mean, without going into theories, that's that's what I got for you guys. Ricky, I think I think this is what what you're thinking of as the week episode. I think this is it in the fact of not that it's actually weak, but you're left short, you're left without an outcome, you're left without something which would normally the the episode itself wouldn't stand alone, but it still does. Mm-hmm. So it it's it's worth it. All right. Yeah. Dan, uh, give us a quick synopsis of the entire episode really quick, and then uh, I think we'll discuss the moments that stood out to us, and then theories. That sound good to everyone? Yeah. All right, yeah, Dan. my quick synopsis it will it be down. My synopsis will be quick, because we're just, we're just moving forward. We're just letting uh, one... Wanda go crazy with Pietro just disrupting her life and actually knowing things that are happening inside her past and what is happening with whether it's actual Pietro or not, because we'll get to that. Oh, I'm so ready for that conversation. (laughs) But uh, in context of the episode, Pietro steering her this way and letting the kids run wild and letting them garner their powers and do what they need to do. And uh, during this holiday with Vision just gone. While Vision then obviously inspects further and does what he needs to do. And and then calling back to Agnes. He was just, the, this entire ep- 
like at, this is a speculation episode. We got tidbits of all the four or five things we've been wondering about in the episode that we now have been tantalized trying to figure out what's next in each of those progressions, which is why, like I was telling you, it's the it's the the boring episode because we don't know we didn't find anything new, new, new. We just had all of our senses just tingled like like a cat with a toy and we're just like smacking the toy and we can't we can't stop. All, everywhere we didn't get any new answers we got a bunch of new questions but i love all the questions and i'm happy about it but i think one of the 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 questions that was answered with this last episode was when vision was breaking through that energy barrier to get to the shield base and he starts deteriorating he kind of has like his own version of the blip that's kind of like the parallel that i drew and I mean, good guy vision literally getting ripped apart in that field saying the people need help as he's yep. literally dying. I thought that was awesome. Um, so I, I think the, the question that it, it answered was this guy can't survive outside. Like he's dead. He he can't survive outside of this um reality or energy field, whatever you want to call it, um, which I, I, I think I'm glad that they kind of revealed that right now. So I think that's going to make what I think is going to be like this fight like that much more. I think it's going to like up the stakes a bit. Um, so I was pretty happy that they that they answered that question. It might also create like a new dynamic, you know, like if Vision knows that and tells Wanda and Wanda then knows that, Will she try to construct some different reality where that's not the case? You know? Yeah. Um, I don't think that's where they're going. It's my my brain. I'm so I'm so fearful that this is going to turn into Wanda as a bad guy. Oh, which is, oh. I I know. I, I but it's still going to upset me because I love her as an Avenger. Um but it's it, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt quite a bit. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I think that's the road we're heading down. Um, now we'll see how it all plays out because she she's probably being manipulated a little bit. Um, There's an outside force in this. Yes. Hundred percent. Mephisto. Uh, well, you know, we'll have to see. But uh, um, I feel like the moment for me that stood out from this episode. Uh, when she, when she has that dialogue with Evan Peters Quicksilver and he's like, you know, I'm not your husband. I'm not your kids. I, you know, I'm your brother. You can talk to me. And he's like talking about like, yeah, I know, I know what you did. And I, you know, I'm not, I approve. I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. not, I don't just approve. I'm impressed. Yep. You know, and then. And then a couple minutes later, he makes that callous comment. Well, your dead husband can't die twice. Mm-hmm. And then, and then did you blasted. notice that she launched him into a graveyard? Yes. Oh. I, no, into a graveyard? No. Yeah, there's a fake yeah. grave. There's like a gravestone in that little maze they're in that mm-hmm. he gets launched into. Um, I don't know if you guys already talked about it. I stepped away for a second. But um, did you guys talk about how 
we finally kind of got an extent of how much um, she controls the hex when Vision's out walking around looking at all those frozen. No. Not yet. Nope. Because that was very intriguing to me that we finally got an idea of like this. This is what's happening to the other people out in the uh hex. yeah yeah the the farther away from her control we're gonna we're gonna call her like the the cpu like the the center of mm-hmm. this computer brain basically which is kind of how you can think about it and the farther out you get and the less that less can like contact you have you lose motor function you lose brain capacity you lose everything to where you are a crying slave doing one motion Oh my god, that single tear! Like it, the it got dark a little bit there. Like I, I, I wasn't expecting that. And there's a term for this, and it, it's not coming to mind. But I kind of thought of those people on the outside as like guys ever like playing a video game, and you look like way off in the distance. There's like half rendered in buildings mm-hmm. and people. That that that's what I was kind of getting away from. That they're so far away. From the hub, right? She's that central hub. She's that that CPU um, that they're essentially trapped here. Now, kind of getting into theories here a bit. One thing I did, well, a question I had is, Agnes was further than those people were, and she was able to talk. Well, to after Vision. Vision did the thing to her. No, she was saying words before he did that. She, because she said that she was lost, and Vision's like, "Lost oh, yeah. in the town that you grew up in." That's right. Um, That's right. And then I don't know if you guys notice this either. When he does that thing, I don't know what you want to call it, but like, kind of like snaps the people out of it. She still went by the name Agnes. No yep. one else That's, went yeah. by the same name. So, and I could be wrong, but I feel like I remember when. I think in that episode four, when they were matching the missing people yep. through the people, they, they, they couldn't find her. So I think that she is um, uh, playing Vision or playing them in, 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 in some form. I, I just don't know yet. I don't know what that looks like. Um, now, fooling, full diving into a theory here. And you guys, I, I just know this is not going to be popular. Um, one of the things that I took away from this episode, and I feel so confident in this, that Evan Peters is not Pietro. He oh. is somebody pretending to be Pietro. I think this is like a, a, a God tier trolling by the MCU for casting a guy who plays Pietro, you know, for a different studio as some guy pretending to be Pietro in their show to throw everybody off. Um, I think Evan Peters is Mephisto. I'm going to say it. I think he's Mephisto. There's been too many references to the devil. And then I mean, you, you had one here where uh, Unleash Demon Spawn when they're trick-or-treating. And he he states exactly what his purpose was to in this episode. He's like, ultimately, I'm here to cause you grief. And I feel like he's feeding off of that grief or or, or whatever that is from, from Wanda. So I, I would be willing to bet some moolah on the fact that Evan Peters is not actually Pietro, that he is Mephisto pretending to be Pietro. That is, that is a theory I've seen on the internet, and uh, I've gone back and forth on it myself. <laughs> I've seen, I don't know. 
That's what's great about this. I'm like, I know the pieces are there, but I don't know how it's going to f- come out, you know? I I am 50-50 with, with you, Ricky. I don't think he's Pietro, but I don't think he's Mephisto. Who could it be? There are options. I, I, again, with Chuck, there are too many to think. I don't think he's. I don't think he's actual Pietro. If Mephisto is even a bad guy, I don't think he's Mephisto. I think he's a creation of something. He's. I don't think he's the being inhabiting the brother for some reason. But hell, if I know at this point. I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Uh The other thing. Um, I don't know if you guys already talked about it, but outside the bubble, you mentioned we're going to meet whoever Monica's contact is, Mm -hmm. whether that's Reed Richards. Reed Richards, maybe. Or maybe the guy, um, maybe it's a guy who eventually becomes a villain who takes on the Grim Reaper alias. I can't remember the character's name. Don't say Grim Reaper. That was my other. (laughs) Um, Damn it, Chuck. (laughs) Could be one of those guys. What if her contact Victor Von Doom? That damn you! Well, I saw that. I saw that too. What if her contact is because um, we know we're getting a uh... Reed Richards seems too easy, right? I mean, come on. At yeah. this point, it does seem too obvious. Like that seems to be where everything's leading. It can't. It can't be Mephisto and Reed Richards. I guess that's that's my that's my big call. It's not both. Ooh, if it's both, it's I'm going to look stupid. Other. <laughs> but I don't think it's, it can't be both. If it is both, I am editing that into the, the episode where we're talking about. That's how we're going to start that episode off. Um, so one if they're quick both tidbit, wrong, I look like a genius. You must edit that in as well. One quick tidbit I want to kind of insert here um, before we kind of get into the whole Mephisto talk more, if there is more Mephisto talk, is... I don't know if you guys knew this, but the country of China has a hard ban on any sort of devil-related content in movies and TV. So Marvel and and Disney would be losing a huge chunk of revenue by including the comic book version of Mephisto. Now, if they were to somehow change the appearance to where it's not a straight up reference to the devil. That'd be interesting. Um, But I saw that and it kind of um, bummed me out a bit. I was like, Oh, wait a second. Is this even possible? Because I kind of want the show to go in that direction. So I don't know if you guys saw that or not. Uh, I did not know that was a China policy. I do know that China is very strict about its media releases Mm -hmm. uh, to the benefits or, not detriment. or negative detriment of projects. That's you know a debate again, probably for another day. Been a lot you of this look, today. Yeah, you can look on that up, especially surrounding the movie Bohemian Rhapsody when that came out. Um, but yeah, uh, that would not be good. I don't. I think. Um, I I I would hope to think because I did see something about they're going to play one division in their totality. When they can, which only means so much, I guess. Yeah. But uh, I, I think Disney's going to do what they're going to do, no matter what, as far as Marvel goes. I think Marvel has 
kind of surpassed normal thinking as far as money goes. Kind of let them do what they want. It'll, it'll be all. It'll all be all right. We'll see. Uh, they can only do so much. Like Shang-Chi, they're probably banking on some foreign box office for that. So we'll see. Um, I suppose. But I bet something's $200 million. I mean, I mean, it comes out in a normal sort of landscape. But well, $200 China's, million domestic. China's theaters are open. They just broke a box office record this weekend of some yes, sort. Yes, they did. China's so, detective number three, I believe it was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. But outside the uh, bubble, I think at this point, we know now, Haywood, if he's not like the villain, he's just a dick, right? Yeah. I mean, just a dick. When he, he said, sucks. you weren't here when your mom died, I was like, oh, we, oh, dude, asshole. Oh, man, that is yeah. a dick move. Oh yeah, and with like which one's the sassy friend? And they like looked at each other, Monica and uh, Darcy. Like, which oh, those Darcy? Come on. I mean, by the <laughs> way, she has also, to be, but she's still gonna be dope. Uh, we got that ending. Obviously, we saw the hex expand to save Vision's life. The shield base is now converted into a carnival. Um, the edge of town. Yeah. Um, oh fuck. How many references to Two Broke Girls are we going to get with Kat Dennings in the, oh, the sitcom my. world? I, I saw this. I hope it's not too much. Like, I don't think they'd go over the top of it, but it would be cool to see a nod. I, I think we'll get a nod just like we got a nod this episode when F and Peters, when she goes, kick ass. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> not just Evan Peters, too. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A great movie, by the way. A, a fantastic is. movie. But I, I caught that and I was like, did they really just give a nod to that? Yes, they're, 100%. they're doing all the things, Ricky. All the things they want us to do, they're doing them. That's I know. Why we don't know what the hell's going to happen. It's too good to be true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that's the only thing I wanted to say. Uh, and I think we've pretty much wrapped it up. I don't know if you guys have anything else. I, I have a couple more things. Um, okay. And one of them is a, is a cra- I actually have two crazy far out theories, none of which I think necessarily think are going to happen. No, one of them I think is true, and it's far out there. I think that um, Haywood is um, Ultron. Hot take. I think he is Ultron. Um, I think that is why he has only tracking vision and his entire message or his entire like plan is getting vision out of there. It seems he dislikes Wanda. I think he is some sort of reincarnation of Ultron. Um, I understand that's a stretch and another right, fun- Chuck, Chuck, I'm going to set the odds on plus 2,500 on that one. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Taylor, if Haywood is Ultron, but I could see him unknowingly working. Like if Ultron like survived plus 2,500 bet. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I could see (laughs) Ultron like surviving and ending up like Ultron's coming back. I agree. And that's why I'm, I'm in with you, Ricky. I don't think it's the man a word. Ooh, I, it would be so good if it was Ricky Um, Ricky plus 2,500. We think, yeah. 
I would. I, Ricky's in. Ricky's in. I'm. I'm taking. I'm taking that bet, and I'm. I want to hear your odds for this next theory. For the record, oh, I God. don't think okay. this is going to happen. Okay, I don't. <laughs> I saw this on like I don't remember if it was a TikTok or a YouTube video or a tweet. Somebody said that they think that this giant cameo we're about to get at some mm. point in these last three episodes is straight up a Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. And I'm just thinking about the reaction that I would have if I saw my man Tobes um, back in the suit, you know, knocking at Wanda's door or something. Um, Ricky, your odds are set at plus 14,000. I mean, I would put a dollar down, if dude. If anybody gives you odds of 10000 <laughs> take that bet. Yeah, if John Cougar Mellencamp wins an Oscar, I'm going to be a very rich man. <laughs> Your office quote of the week. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I thought that would be amazing because this is supposed to tee up. The next couple big releases, um, Doctor Strange and, and and Spider-Man coming out later this year. Um, and then, oh. you know, go ahead. really quick, you know who it might, you know, be really far odds on that it might be the person she's meeting. Mm-hmm. Hank McCoy, a.k.a. Beast of the X-Men. Oh, like Nicholas Holt? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh. I'm I'm putting big odds on that one. Too. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. <sighs> and, oh, so you're talking about who Monica's meeting, or you're talking about who the big cameo is? Because I think the big cameo is gonna be like an existing person. That could be both. That could be the big cameo is whoever Monica's going to meet. It's starting to feel like that is what it is, but a cameo doesn't feel like a new character. How can a new character be a cameo? That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's make those are like, that's an oxymoron. I'm a new conflict. I'm a new introducing cameo. That does not make sense. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna be slightly disappointed if this cameo is gonna be like Doctor Strange, which is just a way too too obvious choice. Um, you know I mean, what my guess cool. is. Oh, you know what my guess is? It is, uh, I can't remember his character's name, but it is Shibutel Edgefer from Doctor Strange 1. Oh, Baron who Mordo? Is, who is to be the bad guy for Doctor Strange 2 originally. Uh... Potentially be tying him with Scarlet Witch, a.k.a. Wanda, for the next one. I haven't seen this on the internet. I just came up with this about 85 seconds ago in my brain. <laughs> I think that that would be the greatest freaking. I don't think it would tie into Luke's. It's not going to the Skywalker cameo. That's not that big. They already said. But I'm telling you, that would be. That's what I think should happen, I guess. I thought the cameo she was saying was Evan Peters. That's what I thought. You think? Yeah. That's no, they, the biggest... they confirmed that it's somebody. That was not the cameo. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Because that is not Luke Skywalker level. It no, has there's to, only it's one. It's gotta be freaking. There's like, only two. There's only two people. Something. There's only th- there's only four people on Luke Skywalker level in the MCU, and they are the core Avengers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ruffalo is Hulk. RDJ is Iron Man. Rogers is America. Hemsworth is Thor. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Put ScarJo in that category too. I guess I so. Yeah, the- you could you could put her in there, but uh, I'll say this: uh, she's not showing up. She's no, not. This well, is post Endgame. She's yeah. dead. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Never seen Endgame. <laughs> Thanos just showed up and snapped his fingers. Um, 
before we wrap this up, I do want to get some on-the-record predictions for who you guys think Rambo is meeting. I'm going to write this down. We're going to revisit this because I'm pretty oh, sure Lord. we're going to see this the next episode. Um, so, Chuck, I'll start with you, and if you need more time, I can go. My guess, I'm going to guess that it's, uh, hold on, let me look up the character's name, but it's Grim Reaper, the villain. Uh, well, Chuck, you're, okay. <laughs> My Mephisto thing, like, before, that's who I think it is. So, Dan, you think it's Mephisto that she's meeting? No, I think when I said Mephisto might not be the, the big guy at the end, oh, I think it's okay. Grim Reaper. Okay. Well, Eric Williams is the character's name. So, I so you think it's this this fella named Eric Williams? But I don't think that's who's going. Chuck and I have different radically views on different how, how this could go go down. But uh, I I think it is someone. I don't have a specific number. But I guess I'll say Doctor Strange. I think it's someone from the Doctor Strange universe. You think that's who Monica Rambo is? Oh going no, to not be? who Monica. This is Rambo. the aerospace engineer. Oh no no no! Um, uh, oh, damn it! I want it to be. It's it's got to be someone from. Mm, I want to say like a, a scroll or something. Even like uh, I'm. That's all, I'm going. Oh, what's his face? The scroll from Captain Marvel. Whatever his the actor's okay. name is, Benjamin or whatever. I think it's that someone, ben someone connect Ben Mendelsohn. It Ben Mendelsohn scroll connected to Captain Marvel or something. It's gotta be connect, connected to Captain Marvel of some kind. So you think that is who Monica Rambo is on her way to meet? I That's actually do. Contact. Okay. Yes. Um I can't shake this possibility. I'm saying it's 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 Reed Richards. I'm gonna double down and say that we are going to see John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Next episode, which also is going to be the episode that is supposed to be modeled after The Office. Is, um, that, so is that confirmed? Like, do they? It was know? on the preview of the next episode. There was a direct sit-down with Wanda. I did not looking know into that. The camera. Yeah, yeah, so we are Wait, going so to have here's... Jim and Asian Jim <laughs> in, the, in the Office oh. episode. Yep. Oh, I see what you're thinking. I see what you're thinking. That, okay, okay. Now, here's the real question. Is Scarlet going to be Pam or Scarlet? Because here's how I could see it. What if um, Vision is Pam and Scarlet Witch is actually Roy and Kat Dennings is like Jim? (laughs) I mean, if 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 there's enough of of that, like interview material throughout the episode to draw that conclusion, I would love that. How, how about this though? Instead of Kat Dennings as Jim, what if it's Agnes? Oh, that would actually make sense, and right, and that would be like infiltrating into the 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 family. She's the main cast, although she seems more like the BJ Novak role. <laughs> of course, of course, yes. I, mean, I think true. Wanda's going to be the Michael Scott. I think she's going to take a Michael Scott role because she's in charge. It's it's it, it's her. It's this is literally her show. So I think she's going to have that 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 Michael Scott. Now is um, it going to be The Office or is it going to be Modern Family? 
Because Modern Family has that same. Oh, man. Modern Family could be the next. Because Modern Family is, what, like 10 years after The Office started to some degree? Not, maybe not 10, but you could you could almost make that the next episode. Well, it's the, it's two, it's the same style. It's the mockumentary. Um, oh, man. Maybe it is going to be Modern Family. Because I, I just or saw Parks and Rec. Down. Parks and Rec is my yeah, favorite it could be of Parks that style. But. That's just I'm, me. I'm going to say it's going to be The Office because I think overall The Office was the more popular show. I'm sure they'll have Office references, but I think it's going to be Modern Family because that's more of the shows they've been modeling. You know, they're fa- it's a family show. It's a show about a family. But so what could what, they even true. do? What could they do to to make us like, like to for sure for us to be able to differentiate between? Oh, they're making they're mocking the office or they're mocking modern family. I don't even know what they could do because they're, they're just the same. family concept as far yeah. as like the opening. The openings are more. Yeah, the opening will tell us what the specific show is. Right. Oh, that's true. And if there is any instance of somebody looking into the camera and doing a gym face, it, it, it's it. It's it's the office and it's it's no one can tell me otherwise. And Catherine Hahn, a Parks and Rec recurring cast member. This is true. If she mentions is if she mentions uh oh what the hell is Paul Rudd's character the the she was a political lady I know mm-hmm. oh what was Bobby Newport Bobby Newport Bobby Newport <laughs> yes if she mentions Bobby Newport at any point I will be very very happy. Oh my goodness, there's so much to unpack there. Um, well, gentlemen, do you have anything else you want to add? Any, any closing remarks? Any last bits about WandaVision before we depart here? We've got a couple more episodes. I think we just let her ride. We've got, we got thousands of things to say. We just let her ride. I <laughs> love that we all really don't know what's about to happen. We think we have a clue, but I, yeah, I don't think we really do. Really? Bunk, buckle up, because the next episodes are an hour long. It's, it's going to be a ride. It's going to be an interesting I'm... ride. I am excited. Um, One last closing thought before we sign off here. We are now on um, Apple Podcasts now. So we are just about on every single platform where you can get your podcast. If you're listening on Apple, um, would really appreciate you hitting that subscribe button. If you're on Spotify, um, make sure you give us that follow. If you're listening anywhere else, um, what are you doing at this point? Why aren't you on Spotify or Apple? Um, (laughs) But if you've made it this far, thank you for staying with us. Thank you for giving us a listen. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. And unless you guys have anything else to say, everyone else, have a good night. Have a good one. Mind your popcorn. Have fun, fellas.